Ladies and gentlemen, please take your seats. Our show is about to begin. For The Empire Strikes Back, John Williams carefully crafted a highly detailed score, covering almost everything in the film. From there, a team of filmmakers used that score to strike a perfect tone and balance, turning Empire into the masterpiece that it became. This is The Soundtrack Show. first thing I think about is that when I look at a film all put together, it, it, it's dead. It's like lively death. The, the film moves in its action pace, but there's sometimes nothing behind the eyes of the movie. And for me, music has always brought out a kind of spirit. And the soul of the movie is evident once there is music to encourage it along. Welcome back to The Soundtrack Show. I'm your host, David W. Collins. And in this episode, we are continuing our study of the first sequel to Star Wars, called Star Wars Episode V, The Empire Strikes Back, a film from 1980 with a musical score by John Williams. In the last episode, we discussed three major themes that were new, important additions to the Star Wars universe when this film debuted. Today, we're going to look at some other moments in the film that feature stunning new music. Music that perfectly captured either the film's exotic new locations or battle sequences, or were perhaps additions of character, even vehicles, using the full expressive power of the London Symphony Orchestra to breathe life, or oxygen, into this new exotic tale in outer space. But my friends... I'm here not only to point out the music, but to offer you another twist in the story of making The Empire Strikes Back. And that is this. More than any other Star Wars film, Empire features long passages of music that were fully written, orchestrated, performed and recorded for the film, and that were ultimately cut. Today, we'll begin to compare and contrast some of those moments and talk about the tricky creative balance that Kirsch and other filmmakers were trying to achieve with Empire. Truly a fascinating glimpse into the decisions that went into making this classic. Let's get started. The movie's first major new location is the snowy planet of Hoth, where our rebel heroes are hiding out from the Empire in less-than-ideal conditions, in a base that sits deep in the middle of snowy nowhere. They're dealing with sub-zero temperatures, freezing equipment and animals, a wampa infestation, though that detail didn't make the final cut. And it's clear to us from the very beginning of the film that, although the end of Star Wars was victorious, times are very tough for these characters in Empire. We mentioned the opening of the movie in the last episode. A Star Destroyer shoots probe droids out into space, and they land on the planet Hoth, 
Anyway, our hero, Luke Skywalker, spots one of them. But before he can investigate, he's attacked by a nasty local predator called a wampa and is dragged away at the top of the movie. What's interesting to note, however, is that, like the binary sunset cue in the original Star Wars, John Williams took not one, but two swings at the bat when scoring this whole opening sequence. Thanks to the 1997 special edition release of the Empire soundtrack, we can hear what Williams' original intention was when scoring the sequence. Presumably, the cut of the movie didn't change much between the first time he scored it and the second time, so keep the film's opening as you know it in your mind as we take a listen to this cue. Okay, so this is just like the opening that we know. We hear the Imperial March and the Piccolo over the Star Destroyer. And wow, this is very dramatic music as these little probes fly through space. Ultimately, crash landing on Hoth. Boom. Now listen to this menacing music as we first see the probe droid come out of its crash site and slide away along the snowy surface. Very mechanical sounding and evil. And now, it's like we've moved into a winter Christmas wonderland as we see our hero riding his tauntaun. Luke Skywalker has made his entrance. Interesting. The music does quite a bit to paint a picture of this snowy planet. But overall, that clip that I just played was pretty heavy-handed. Admittedly, it does feel very much like the beginning of the previous Star Wars movie, which is perhaps what the team was going for. But maybe after a review, Williams was asked to write a pickup for this sequence, and the end result, the one that we're familiar with, sounds pretty different. Let's now take a listen to the finished film. So right away, you can hear that the music is really pulled back. It's much more mysterious, much quieter. We got our big menacing swell on the Star Destroyer, and now with the pro droids, it's much more subdued, much less heavy. Now we are edited back into the queue that we played previously when we see Luke Skywalker. And here's Luke's theme.
Echo 3 to Echo 7. Hano, buddy, do you read me? And we hear Han Solo and the Princess theme for the first time when Han speaks via comlink. There isn't enough life on this ice cube to fill a space cruiser. Sensors are placed. I'm going back. Right, I'll see you shortly. There's a meteorite that hit the ground near here. I want to check it out. It won't take long. Steady. Hey, steady, girl. Hey, what's the matter? You smell something? And into the Wampa attack. So interesting to see the beginnings of the iterative process of scoring this movie. There are only a few spots where Williams completely picked up a section and rewrote it entirely, and the beginning of the film, right here, is a major one. Now, interestingly enough, the music doesn't last for long after this. You see, after this Wampa attack, we cut to Han Solo riding his Tauntaun into the hangar of the Rebel base. We're given an ominous stinger in the low brass right as he's going in, edited from the pickup cue, and then... No music. Just the sound effects of the hangar. Let's take a listen to the movie as we know it. Lots of sound effects, a bustling technological military hangar environment. No music giving us commentary on how to feel. All right, don't lose your temper. I'll come right back and give you a hand. Han now enters the command center or the communication center and he spots Princess Leia, her first appearance in the film, a star of the movie, Carrie Fisher. Still, no music. Hello? No sign of life out there, General. Sensors are in place. You'll know if anything comes around. Commander Skywalker reported in yet? No, he's checking out a meteorite that hit here. He tells General Riken he has to leave to deal with a bounty on his head from Jabba the Hutt. General, I gotta leave. I can't stay anymore. I'm sorry to hear that. Well, there's a price on my head. If I don't pay off Jabba the Hutt, I'm a dead man. Death mark's not an easy thing to live with. You're a good fighter, Solo. I hate to lose you. Thank you, General. Finally, Leia's theme does sneak in, and the music continues from there. Well, Your Highness, guess this is it. That's right. Don't get all mushy on me. So long, Princess. Now, what's interesting is that John Williams actually did score this entire sequence with music. Commercially released back in 1997, we can take this piece of music and sync it into the movie audio and do a new mix of the scene, which is what I've done. I've actually screened these at conventions, and it fundamentally changes the tone of the whole opening of the movie. Let's take a listen to this Echo Bass Han sequence again, this time with Williams' music restored. It's kind of happy, bustling music in here. Yeah. 
Hey, don't lose your temper. I'll come right back and give you a hand. We get the B melody of the main title. Interesting. Ah, and now a much earlier entrance of Leia's theme. The music announces her presence, even as she says nothing. Hello. No sign of life out there, General. Sensors are in place. You'll know if anything comes around. Commander Skywalker reported in yet? No, he's checking out a meteorite that hit there. With all the meteor activity in this system, it's going to be difficult to spot approaching ships. General, I gotta leave. I can't stay anymore. I'm sorry to hear that. Well, there's a price on my head. If I don't pay off Jabba the Hutt, I'm a dead man. A death march's not an easy thing to live with. You're a good fighter, Solo. I hate to lose you. Thank you, General. And now the scene resumes as we know it, with music. Well, Your Highness, guess this is it. That's right. Don't get all mushy on me. So long, Princess. What do you think? Did the music add something to that scene for you? Or do you prefer it without the music? Now keep in mind, this is the top of the movie. Traditional wisdom says that you need to grab and thrill the audience at the top of a big blockbuster like this, particularly on a sequel to Star Wars, for goodness sake. Yet we've now heard two clear examples of the music pulling back, and the filmmakers and the composer letting the scenes in the end just sit with no music, just living in those spaces with those characters. The effect is one of a documentary where we go with the characters as they live out their lives in this harsh environment, without emotional commentary. There are plenty of great musical moments or themes to discuss on Hoth, however. One interesting tidbit to note is that, in the sequel to Star Wars, Williams decided to pen a quick motif for the droids. That's right, R2-D2 and C-3PO have their own musical theme in Empire. By the way, it doesn't appear in any other movie after this, but in Empire, they have a theme, and it starts like this. Let's take a listen to it in action. You can use a good kiss! Don't try to play me. I didn't ask you to turn on the thermal heater. I merely commented that it was freezing in the princess's chamber. But it's supposed to be freezing. How are we going to dry out all her clothes? I really don't know. Oh, switch off. Did you notice, by the way, the nod to the original Star Wars with those chords at the beginning? Bump, 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 bump. Kind of like what we hear during the droid auction on Tatooine in Star Wars. Here's Empire. Now here's the original Star Wars. Don't try to play me. I didn't ask you to turn on the thermal heater. I merely commented that it was freezing in the princess's chamber. But it's supposed to be freezing. How are we going to dry out all her clothes? I really don't know. Oh, switch off. You take this apart now! I'm trying to get us out of here and you pull both of these- Excuse me, sir. Put them back together right now. Now, note that at the end of this clip, we heard the music fade out. This brings us to another whole section of the movie that plays with no music. From the time that 3PO tells Han of Luke's disappearance, to when Han then rides out on a tauntaun as a reaction to go and find Luke out of concern. 
Let's listen to the movie as we remember it. Take this apart now. I'm trying to get us out of here and you pull both of these. Excuse me, sir. Put them back together right now. Might I have a word? No music. Please. What do you want? Well, it's Princess Leia, sir. She's been trying to get you on the communicator. I turned it off. I don't want to talk to her. Oh, well, Princess Leia is wondering about Master Luke. He hasn't come back yet. She doesn't know where he is. I don't know where he is. Nobody knows where he is. What do you mean nobody knows? Well, uh, you said... Deck officer! Deck officer! Excuse me, sir. Might I... Yes, sir? You know where Commander Skywalker is? I haven't seen him. It's possible he came in through the south entrance. It's possible. Why don't you go find out? It's getting dark out there. Yes, sir. Excuse me, sir. Might I inquire what's going on? Why not? Impossible, man. Come along, Archie. Let's find Princess Leia. Between ourselves, I think Master Luke is in considerable danger. <laughs> Sir, Commander Skywalker hasn't come in the south entrance. He might have forgotten to check in. Not likely. Are the speeders ready? Uh, not yet. We're having some trouble adapting them to the cold. We'll have to go out on Tauntaun. Sir, the temperature's dropping too rapidly. That's right, and my friend's out in it. I'll cover Sector 12. That's Alpha. Your Tauntaun will freeze before you reach the first marker. Then we'll see you in hell. Now, let's listen to the movie with the music that John Williams originally wrote for this scene restored. Listen for a few things. Listen for Luke's theme, played in a minor key when it's mentioned that Luke is missing. Also listen for a reappearance of the B melody of the main title, that we first heard over Han's first entrance earlier. And listen for another appearance of Han and Leia's theme right before Han rides out into the snow on the Tauntaun. You can use a good kiss! Don't try to blame me. I didn't ask you to turn on the thermal heater. I merely commented that it was freezing in the princess's chamber. But it's supposed to be freezing. How we going to dry out all her clothes? I really don't know. Oh, switch off. Why don't you take this apart now? I'm trying to get us out of here and you pull both of these... Excuse me, sir. Put them back together right now. Might I have a word with you, please? What do you want? Well, it's Princess Leia, sir. She's been trying to get you on the communicator. I turned it off. I don't want to talk to her. Oh, well, Princess Leia is wondering about Master Luke. He hasn't come back yet. She doesn't know where he is. I don't know where he is. Nobody knows where he is. What do you mean nobody knows? Well, uh, you... Deck officer! Deck officer! Excuse me, sir. Might I... Yes, sir? You know where Commander Skywalker is? I haven't seen him. It's possible he came in through the south entrance. It's possible. Why don't you go find out? It's getting dark out there. Yes, sir. Excuse me, sir. Might I inquire what's going on? Or no. Impossible, man. Come along, Archie. Let's find Princess Leia. Between ourselves, I think Master Luke is in considerable danger. Sir, Commander Skywalker hasn't come in the south entrance. He might have forgotten to check in. Not likely. Are the speeders ready? Uh, not yet. We're having some trouble adapting them to the cold. We'll have to go out on Tauntaun. Sir, the temperature's dropping too rapidly. That's right. My friend's out in it. I'll cover Sector Your Tauntaun will freeze before you reach the first marker. Then we'll see you in hell. Very different. And the musical cuts to the entire Hoth sequence don't end there. And now for a brief intermission. We return now to the soundtrack show. Before we play our next cut sequence, let's listen to a section that does have very effective music. The Wampa's Cave. As Luke is trying to reach out to his lightsaber, we hear our first appearance 
of the Force theme, taking us back to Luke's relationship with Obi-Wan in the previous film. Now, as Luke gets the saber, we get a bold but incomplete statement of Luke's theme. And then he falls into the snow. I think the fact that Luke's theme is stated there in a way that's unresolved or incomplete is significant. While we do hear the theme throughout the movie, we don't really get a full, satisfying statement of it. Oftentimes, it's just a fragment of greatness, of potential, but never stated as fully as it was during the chasm swing in the first film, for example. We don't hear a statement that grand again until the next film, Return of the Jedi. But now, on to another sequence where the music was cut. Here is a sequence of Han searching for Luke in the blizzard. First, we'll take a listen to the film as we know it. Here's Hans searching for Luke in the snow. Just the sound of wind and other effects to accompany the visuals. Desolate and dangerous. You must come along now, Arthur. There's really nothing more we can do. And my joints are freezing up. Don't say things like that. Of course we'll see Master Luke again. And he'll be quite all right. You'll see. Stupid little short circuit. He'll be quite all right. Now we're back in the hangar of Echo Base, where Leia is told that Luke and Han are now both missing. And she has to make the awful decision to protect everyone in the base by shutting the doors of the base as the temperature drops at night, thus dooming her companions to a full night out in the elements to, presumably, freeze to death. Close the doors. Yes, sir. No music. Artu says the chances of survival are 725. Even as a camera dollies in on Leia for her reaction shot as she watches the giant doors close, that shot seems like it's begging for music, but nothing. Actually, even as Chewie cries in anguish and grief, 
Nada. From time to time. Dear, dear. Don't worry about Master Luke. I'm sure he'll be all right. He's quite clever, you know, for a human being. Now, let's listen to what Williams wrote for this entire passage. music for Han is so heroic as he's riding through the snow. You must come along now, R2. There's really nothing more we can do. And my joints are freezing. Don't say things like that. Of course we'll see Master Luke again. And he'll be quite all right. You'll see. Stupid little short circuit. He'll be quite all right. Patrols are in. Still no. Still no contact from Skywalker Solo. Mistress Lear, R2 says he's been quite unable to pick up any signals, although he does admit that his own range is far too weak to abandon all of them. Your Highness, there's nothing more we could do tonight. The shield doors must be closed. Close the doors. Yes, sir. R2 says the chances of survival are 725 to 1. has been known to make mistakes from time to time. Dear, dear. Don't worry about Master Luke. I'm sure he'll be all right. He's quite clever, you know, for a human being. Interesting. So interesting. Now, that scene, in my opinion, does play in a way that is much more dramatic when there is music present. But omitting the music in this scene does punctuate the music that we heard in the Wampa Cave. I mean, that music is carrying a storyline that has more of a macro view of the saga about Luke and the Force 
and the balance, etc. Whereas these other scenes have high stakes in the moment, but they're held back for some reason. They don't quite go for the full drama right here. I think this shows a tremendous amount of confidence on behalf of the filmmakers, by the way. So oftentimes, and I can say this from very firsthand experience, music can be over-relied upon to get through scenes that, for some reason, the creative sphere isn't quite working right. But here, on a highly anticipated sequel, the filmmakers are pulling back. They're pulling music out. I have a sneaking suspicion that maybe, just maybe, it's because they're saving the music for the real thunder that is yet to come. Not just at the very end with the fateful ordeal on Cloud City. Not just in the asteroid field, but more immediately, right there on Hoth, in the form of lumbering, gigantic Imperial walkers. The soundtrack show will continue in a moment. We return now to the soundtrack show. The Battle of Hoth is one of the most breathtaking, spectacular, and imaginative battles ever put to film. The visual effects were unlike anything we had ever seen, even after we had just seen Star Wars just a few years before. Instead of a black star field, we're now in the white, snowy dunes of Hoth. It's bright and it's crisp, and it features speeders whizzing past these all terrain armored transports or ATATs like flies. And these ATATs move like unstoppable dinosaurs lumbering toward the pitifully small rebel base, and its shield generator is its target. And what does John Williams do here? Well, he uses the orchestra like a mechanical steampunk engine to uniquely depict the sound of these four-legged terrors. Here is a quote from John Williams about the music for the Battle of Hoth, which he called the Battle in the Snow, from the original liner notes of the double LP soundtrack album from 1980. It, quote, features a bizarre orchestration to accompany the heavy and menacing movements of the Imperial Walkers, a brutal, bellicose piece, end quote. He goes on to say that it has, quote, unusual orchestration calling for five piccolos, five oboes, a battery of eight percussion, two grand pianos, two or three harps, in addition to the normal orchestral complement. This was necessary in order to achieve a bizarre, mechanical, brutal sound for the sequence showing Imperial walkers, which are frightening inventions advancing across a snowscape, end quote. Let's take a listen to one of the most unique pieces in all of Star Wars, the Battle of Hoth. of what are called French horn rips. Plenty of melodic percussion. 
and a chugging rhythm that drives dark harmonies forward. This is music that clearly states that the Rebels don't have a chance. And there are moments of hope in the main battle, but ultimately, the Rebels lose and they lose badly. They evacuate, and even Vader himself goes looking for Luke Skywalker in the abandoned base, as Chewbacca, Han Solo, Princess Leia, and C-3PO rush to escape aboard the Millennium Falcon. Listen to how Williams uses the Imperial March here, not once, but twice as we see Darth Vader's ominous presence on screen. This really does establish it as not just the Imperial March, but a theme for Vader himself. Here's Vader walking through the remains of the command center. again, closing in on our heroes, who escape in the nick of time. But things go from bad to worse, as the Millennium Falcon jumps out of the frying pan and into the fire. On the next episode of The Soundtrack Show, we'll listen to another show-stopping musical cue from John Williams, as our heroes, against all odds, try to successfully evade the Imperial fleet, and even navigate through an asteroid field. And we'll look at the climax of the film in Cloud City. We'll take a listen to some more altered or cut music, and we'll break down more themes that we hear throughout Empire by the numbers. As always, I love hearing from you. If you have any thoughts on this or any other episode, please email me at thesoundtrackshow at iheartpodcastnetwork.com or hit us up on Facebook or Instagram at SoundtrackShowHSW or on Twitter at SoundtrackHSW. I'm also on Twitter at David W. Collins. Thank you. Thank you.